welcome to the Bridegroom Speaks podcast with Laura Ercolino. One of our signature services here at Hope's Garden is our Brides of Christ group studies. We meet over a 12-week period to study the Song of Songs using our guidebook, The Cantata of Love, which is a verse-by-verse reading of the Song of Songs written by Father Blaise Arminian and published by Ignatius Press. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's, the prologue, the bride. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Your love is more delightful than wine. Delicate is the fragrance of your perfume. Your name is an oil poured out. And that is why the maidens love you. Draw me in your footsteps, let us run. The king has brought me into his rooms. You will be our joy and our gladness. We shall praise your love above wine. How right it is to love you. Okay, I wanna talk for another minute on page 75 about the king's rooms. The middle of page 75, The sixth chapter of Isaiah projects a strong light on this passage of the song. Yahweh appears to his prophet in all his majesty, sitting on a throne, the train of his robe covering the sanctuary. Overcome with emotion, Isaiah then exclaims, my eyes have looked at the king. The parallel with our verse of the song is all the more impressive in that the revelation to Isaiah of Yahweh as king occurs in the temple. In fact, in the most secluded part of the temple, the Holy of Holies. Now, when the beloved of the song says, the king has brought me into his rooms, she is talking about the same place. Holy of Holies and rooms refer, in fact, to the same reality of the Lord's presence in the heart of his people. So a couple images come to my mind whenever I read this passage, and I want to not speak about them too much, but share them with you to take into your own prayer. And so when I think about the Holy of Holies, one image that comes to my mind is Mary's womb, as the Holy of Holies where God himself in the flesh dwelt where heaven and earth were married. And so I often see the image of the icon of helper, the helper in childbirth. It's a beautiful icon of Jesus and Mary's womb. And I think we shared it. I think it was already shared in the group on the app. So you can pray with into that. And when we think about the Holy of Holies in, in Isaiah, what astounds me is that in that time, the Holy of Holies is where God dwelt with his people. But only one man, once a year, was allowed to enter the Holy of Holies and be in God's presence. And then Jesus came into the womb of Mary. God himself came to be one as us, to take on our human flesh and walk this earth. So now in the song, when you hear, when he talks about our land, the flowers are blooming in our land, the turtle doves are cooing. It's truly his land too not as creator and king, but our land and that he lived here. He walked on this earth. And now he comes to us 
to dwell in each heart at every moment. Not just one special person gets to be in his presence. We become his tabernacle. We become the temple where he chooses to dwell. His place of rest and delight is in you. Really, our growth in holiness, our growth in spiritual beauty, spiritual strength, is actually totally parallel and one with our journey into deeper and deeper union with Christ. Because as we become more and more one with him, it's his holiness, his beauty, his strength that becomes ours. And so we come back again to that theme that it's not about how much we do, how hard we work at it. It's about how much we love him and let him love us. It's about the Fulton Sheen quote that I posted on the app today about Mary as our role model in that she didn't say when the angel came, she didn't with, respond with, well, what do I need to do? But let it be done unto me. And that's the posture for us to have in prayer. I'm here, Lord. My heart is open. What do you want to do in me today? And that made a huge difference in my life when my morning prayer changed from waking up thinking, okay, Jesus, what do we got to do today? We got to get moving. What, what, what needs to be done? What do we do first? To, okay, Lord, I'm here. What are we going to do together? What are you going to do in me? We just quickly take a look at the last three lines of the prologue. You will be our joy and our gladness. We shall praise your love above wine. How right it is to love you. So once the bride begins to experience the intoxication of the bridegroom's wine of love, then she declares that he is their joy and their gladness. He's their everything. That apart from him, we cannot know peace or joy and gladness. And his love now isn't just as delightful as wine. It's more. It's better than. And we think about the meaning of wine again is the joy of the Lord. And so when he turned the water into wine at Cana, we're told in the scripture that at that point, his disciples began to believe in him because they were waiting, waiting for the Messiah, the bridegroom of Yahweh. They knew from the scriptures that he was going to come as a bridegroom and that when he came, they would have run out of wine. That was prophesied, I think, in Isaiah. And Mary knew that too. And so when she says they have run out of wine, that's actually straight from the Hebrew scriptures. They were told that there would come a time when they would run out of wine, which was the presence and the joy of God. And so when she says that, and he responds to her calling her woman, we know then that he was referring to her being Eve and him being Adam and to the new covenant that was going to be made in his blood. And in the scriptures, it talks about that when the Messiah would come, it would be like a wedding feast, that there would be an abundance of the choicest foods, of wine overflowing. And so when he transforms at the end of a wedding feast, he transforms these giant water jugs into wine. It's a crazy amount of wine. I saw them in the Holy Land. Like It's an enormous amount of wine. And this is at the end of the wedding feast. And so they knew this is what had been prophesied, that when the Messiah came, 
there would be wine in abundance. And I believe that if we give him the water of our tears, that he wants to transform the water of our tears into the wine of his joy. He's still working miracles. That's who he is. And in the last line, she says, how right it is to love you. And I always think, what could be more right? <laughs> what could be more right than to love Jesus? And if we do that truly, everything else, he'll make everything else right. So in this visualization, we're going to take the image from Teresa of Avila of the interior castle. And we're going to imagine that our hearts are a castle. And that in the innermost room in this castle is the king's room. This is where Jesus, the bridegroom, resides, where he rests. And he sings to you and he calls to you to come, to come and spend time with him in his rooms, apart from the rest of the world, from all your worries and concerns, to come and rest with him, to drink deeply of the wine of his love. And so take a moment, close your eyes, and imagine what your interior castle looks like. Maybe it's a medieval fortress. Maybe it's a fairy tale princess castle. Whatever feels right to you. St. Teresa of Avila tells us that outside of our interior castle, there are monsters, beasts that try to keep us from entering. So we can think of that as all, all those blocks and obstacles, our, our wounds, the lies we've been told, our sin, temptations, all those feelings of not being worthy, not being lovable. Those are the monsters that try to keep you out. But we know how much Jesus wants us to come in and that he will help us. He will be our knight in shining armor and he brings an army with him, an army of ministering angels, of saints, Mother Mary. And they will help us just walk over those monsters and enter our castle. So once you're in your castle, first imagine some sort of wall, gate, moat, something that you and Jesus erect to keep those monsters out now. And so that you know that it's just you and Jesus here, that you're safe, it's quiet, it's peaceful. All the fears and worries are outside. You imagine the castle must have been like in the medieval times. No electricity. It might have been dark in there, right? Lots of passageways and corridors, maybe even some secret tunnels and secret passageways, lots of doors. And if you think about your heart, just like we read in the catechism, only the spirit of God can fathom the depths of the human heart. Even we ourselves don't really know what's in our hearts. And so sometimes the longest and scariest journey 
can be the one into our own hearts. And so as you walk down these halls, these passageways, looking for the king's room, you might come across things that you were hoping not to see, that you'd rather not see. You might open some doors and find, oh, there's a lot of mess in there, a lot of cobwebs and dust. But as you're envisioning, envision your helpers with you. Who's with you to help you clear the path, to heal those wounds you come upon that make you want to stop and not keep going to find the king. As you keep walking and you keep hearing his voice alluring you deeper and deeper into the castle, ask him for some light, for him to help you. Tell him of your desire, your desire above all other desires to find him, to be one with him, to sit in the quiet with him. And then imagine that suddenly those torches on the hallways, the corridors of a castle you see in the movies, imagine that all of a sudden by the power of God, there is light and there are flame. And he lights just the passageway you need it to find him. When you get to the door of the king's rooms, what is it like? What does it feel like? Is the door already open, waiting for you to enter? Or is it closed? How is this door different than all those other doorways that you passed? Maybe it's golden or pure white. Maybe it's decorated with flowers. Or maybe you can smell the sweet and smoky smell of the bridegroom permeating from under the door. And you know you found him. How do you enter? You knock and wait for him to open? Or can you not contain your desire and happiness of finding him any longer and just run through the doorway? See the love and the kindness in his eyes. Can you hear him say, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you, my love. Welcome home. Come and rest a while with me. A moment to just soak in his love, in his presence. Let him restore your soul, calm your mind. And just by loving you, you can feel your heart healing. It's time to leave. He gently embraces you. And then putting his hand gently on your cheek, he lifts your eyes to gaze into his. He says, I will always be here waiting for you. Come back soon. The more often you come to see me, the more quickly and easily you will find your way around the castle. Take one thing with you from Jesus. What do you most need from him today? Is it peace of mind? Is it rest and restoration? Is it healing, a word that you've been longing to hear him speak to you? He desires to give you what you need and what you desire. So ask for what you need. Imagine yourself cupping your hands and letting him lay whatever it is you ask for in your hands. Even if it's a word or a feeling, imagine that it has shape and color. 
and imagine it's in your hands now and take it and place it in your heart and walk out of the castle hugging what Jesus has given you, his gift to you today, hugging it close to your heart. Thank you. We thank you for abiding within our hearts always. You are so faithful and so true. You keep all of your promises. Help us, Lord. Help us to desire you the way that you desire us. Help us to keep our interior castles pure and holy. To return again and again to spend time with you here. Thank you and we praise you for your love, your incomprehensible, everlasting, infinite love. A gift beyond, beyond our wildest imaginations and comprehension. You truly are our king, our shepherd, and our bridegroom. Help us to come to know and love you more and more. For more resources and our consecration to Christ the Bridegroom, visit hopesgarden.com, the sanctuary where the spousal love of Christ the Bridegroom heals hearts, marriages, and families. You may also want to join our community powered by Mighty Networks. Download the Mighty Networks app and find us at Hope's Garden.